Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. According to Jeff Bezos, life is too short to hang out with people who aren't resourceful. According to Jack Beaumont, life is too short to bother hoarding resources for yourself whilst oppressing your employees. Yeah, but who's Jack Beaumont? Ha! <laughs> well, that's me. But I'm also known as any aroused man Sue Barker, not to mention the disciple of Harambe or Shepherd of the Shite Cats. This week I'm talking to a bloke who worked in an Amazon warehouse in Scotland. He didn't do anything illegal or immoral there. This episode is more about how bleak it was. He might be the least offensive crime club guest ever. But despite that, I think you'll be interested in his account of things. So. Oh, what a cut. Have you got one in mind? I can give you one. That I've just... Yeah, give me one. Anton. Yeah, that's good. All right. So, Anton, you worked for Amazon uh, in the warehouse. Was it warehouse kind of thing? Yeah. It was just after I'd uh, finished uni and um, I was sort of just uh, looking to get some money from the government and play in a band. And I was just thinking maybe that oh, I'd be able to sit on the doll for a bit and enjoy uh, collecting that and playing music for a bit. Sort of like maybe, maybe how it might have been in the 90s. But, you know, that was foolish in hindsight. Because mm. this was just as Universal Credit was coming in. So, you know, they're obviously making you apply for loads and loads of jobs. And then one day, my sort of, like, jobs uh, counsellor, advisor, whatever, uh, said, oh, there's this thing um, where, you know, Amazon needs staff. Like, you know, it's great, fantastic. You, you just got to do, like, this little aptitude test. Then you can go and work in the warehouse. And I was like, oh, sick. Where's the warehouse? And she was like, Dunfermline. And I was in Glasgow at the time. And uh, I don't know if people know, but like, that's literally the other side of fucking Scotland. So it's like, I mean, like, not super far. Yeah, it's quite narrow up when it gets that big, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. But it's like, it's easily like 45, 40 minute drive. So I was like, that's a bit weird that they're making everyone do job, like, sending people up there. And also when she said, oh, I've got a gig in the Amazon warehouse, when he said sick, were you thinking sick or were you genuinely keen to make some money? I was, I was thinking sick because, you know, I saw that it was, if I worked the night shifts, it would be £10 an hour. So I was thinking, that's wonderful. And also it said four days a week. So I thought, oh, imagine if that's just like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 10 hours a day. That's lovely. 
pretty much everyone that needed a job at that time took this test, which was just bullshit. You know, and like everyone was accepted immediately. Can we talk a bit about the test. What did they make you do? It was just sort of like basic maths and. You know, like, I think there was a little bit of non-verbal reasoning. I don't know if you've ever done any of those sort of aptitude tests. Uh, I, I haven't personally, but I know that that's, that's the kind of shit they teach when you did, um, when kids in primary school were doing a grammar school test. Yeah. I didn't do that test. So then the next step was uh, for us all to be driven to the to the FC for, well, the, the FC is the fulfilment centre. Which is, which is their corporate speak for the fucking massive warehouse just outside of uh, Dunfermline, and we were going to be drugs tested, which I've never had, I've never had for any job before. No, me neither. But we were just all queued up. We were sat there, watched these fucking indoctrination videos telling us about how fantastic our our job was going to be with Amazon. And um, how long did that last? It was like sort of 30 minutes and then they started asking us if we wanted to come and piss in this little <laughs> vial. <laughs> and it was, it was sort of mayhem and there was this guy that was just trying to tell people, it's like, again, if you don't need a piss, where are you coming up? You're just wasting my time. You're wasting everybody's time. He was getting furious with people for not being able to piss. And then you know, it transpired that quite a lot of people just got kicked out on the spot then and there for either having a criminal record or... Um, having drugs in their system oh so there was a really quick turnaround the drugs test yeah it was immediate so in the Picking for Britain episode which is going to go out in this series as well they produced some really bullshit uh, but quick turnaround tests that were, that were wholly inaccurate this was not accurate yeah you know I, I even told the guy I was like oh well, I've smoked some weed like a week ago he was like, he was like that will done up in the system and I was like alright well I'm still going to take the test and he's like well yeah by all means did it and he was like no you're alright and you go I was like I don't know what these things just seem like bullshit. Were you there when people were failing the test? Yeah. What was the kind of reaction there? They're like, oh, was they were like, quite furious that they'd, they'd been made to come all the way from Glasgow for this. Um, Anyone protesting their innocence? Or I don't think so. Some people were just pissed off. They immediately went outside to the shop to get some cans and just and chill. Yeah, I guess I kind of want to hear about the characters, but I guess we can imagine the characters that have been... On the, at the job centre and then forced to go there was it just exactly what you might expect kind of like slightly peak looking Scottish blokes yeah it's not just Glasgow but like all around Scotland for Kirk and Edinburgh loads of Spanish dudes who come over for work in Edinburgh there's loads of Spanish people in Edinburgh load of Sudanese guys um, there was a load of like sort of blokes just like yeah just I know everyone all walks of life it was yeah it was a healthy mix so you've passed yeah and then you've gone off to another fulfilment area yeah well I went I went to do my induction and all uh, same day this yeah yeah I I think I think it was it was a while ago like this was 2016 and they sort of like told you about how fantastic it was going to be in terms of like you're going to get really fit from all the walking you're going to do and like uh, I was actually like oh that doesn't sound too bad to be honest and then before you know it they were like just telling you to sign this contract and uh, like I, I remember thinking like what's, what's this little bit about compulsory overtime and they were like ah oh, don't worry about that like I was like if I don't sign this am I not getting a job and they were like yeah you're not getting a job so I was like, I don't, I, I shouldn't imagine 
that that's acceptable. <laughs> I've got this far. Right. That alarm like, bell's really good at that point. It was a bit. I was like, uh, I don't know. They were, everyone was very enthusiastic at this stage. Everyone just wanted to, to get the job. And um, then we began. So I had induction and just started work straight away? Yeah, like the next day or something. Um, came in and... The thing is, when you order things on Amazon, you're not really thinking about like what goes into that. And it was a really like sort of like almost sublime experience to walk into this massive fucking warehouse. And you go, oh yeah, oh yeah, of course it has, this operation has to be this fucking big. It was just like fucking football pitch rooms and just like, it was just insane. It was like it had this weird gloomy light to it, which was actually I was quite grateful for because if it was really, really bright, I mean, I think I would have lost my mind because, you, you know, it just would have been just horrible working there for long hours in the middle of the night the bright shining lights but did you get the night shifts that you were told you would get for the £10 an hour gig yeah and what hours were they were they always the same or how did they change up I think they changed slightly but generally I think we've at first I'd have to get the train down to um, Glasgow Central and then walk to get a, a coach and then we'd get a coach all the way there and then probably start work at about like 7 in the evening or something like that yeah, I seem to remember just like generally working seven until so, like yeah, five. Seven, so yeah, seven to five, six, that's like nine, ten hours, yes, right. Mm. Um, but I, so I, what I remember being the kind of bit that really sparked my interest when I heard you talk about this before was the queuing, the frantic queuing and the fight to get on the coach because there wasn't enough space for all the workers yeah. that, that, that wanted to work, right? Is that, is that fair? Yeah, so I think like a lot of it just reminded me of school. Every night after you'd finished some massive shift, you'd get off and you'd have to go to your specific coach because it's all like outsourced to different like human resource companies my one was Transline and I was only allowed to get on Transline coaches and uh, there was just so many people desperate to get home because also you wanted to get the last train back to wherever you were going as well before the train stopped or you know you have to wait for them to start again so like there was frequently people would just get left behind by these coaches which we had to pay for they came straight out of our wages how much, just how much like, you so you were just, just elbowing people to get on <laughs> just like it was every man for himself and that was getting back from the warehouse yeah that was getting back I remember there were people like camping outside and stuff to like get in to get on the coach and shit. yeah I mean I, in hindsight that actually strikes me as a pretty good idea because the time it took to get from Glasgow to just outside Dunfermline was like it was just insane yeah door to door what was, what was you clocking up do you reckon a two hour journey Sometimes, so, yeah, two hours. Door, that's door to door there, mm-hmm. there, there and back. So four hours, kind yeah. of total commute. Yeah. For fuck's sake. Crime club. Where is the crime in this? Where do you see the crime? Well, being? so I see the crime being in the mistreatment of workers by Amazon. And to my mind, was, was there more of that? People, the whole breaks. There's stuff about breaks, wasn't there? They're quite bastardy about breaks. Yeah, breaks was a nightmare because it's a huge warehouse and you have to clock out from the post that you're at and then walk as fast as you can to the exit which can take a long time depending where you are in the warehouse and then you're not allowed to bring a single thing into the fulfillment center you're not allowed earphones or you're not allowed you know you can't bring your own shit in so they pat you down and search you and if you go off in the metal detectors they have to properly search you again and right by the time 
that you've actually got to the to the break room you know you've got like fucking 10 minutes left of your half an hour break that was really frustrating especially when you're working huge shifts just standing if ever there was a chance to go and pick because I was a packer so like it was my job to just stand at this workstation and the boxes come in full of random items and I you know just like I pack them all up so did you get quite good at like the kind of origami of cardboard I was master by the end it was quite good I think that was one of the things that I, I quite enjoyed just becoming this sort of like origami master <laughs> Yeah, they were constantly just telling you like faster, faster. You need to hit these targets, and some people would just couldn't hack it, and they were they were just like it was quite quite funny. They were just like, I can't do this, um, but you know, it was just like the targets were obviously ridiculous, and they were just made to to make you go faster and faster. So the people telling you to go faster were they? Yeah, every now and again they'd come round, they'd show you the rankings, which was like who's going fastest on like on this lane. And whatever job you're doing there is constantly being monitored on, on, you know, whatever gadget you've got. If you're a picker, you've got a little, like, ray gun thing which tracks your location and your speed and everything. You know, there's no... There's no hiding, basically. So they, they know everything about you. And I would just remember thinking, I really want to do a job where I get to walk because when it got to, like, Black Friday and stuff, that's when they told us, Oh, by the way, you're like you're going to be working compulsory overtime. And I was like, "What's that?" And they're like, "It's overtime, but you know you've got to work it, otherwise you're getting sacked." They really, literally said that bluntly to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, "I don't think you're allowed to do this. Like, um, like, do you know that there's like yeah, there's people that have to keep this job with, from the job center and stuff?" And they were like, "It's just the way it is, mate." So, some people were just like, "Yeah, yeah, sweet." extra money and stuff but for for some of the people I think it was quite stressful for the people that were working the night shifts our lives just became just working and and on the days off just trying to get enough sleep in the daytime that we wouldn't go lose our minds oh fucking hell mate If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improved jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Keza McDonald. And I'm Ellie Gibson. And this is our new show, Extra Life. It's basically us talking to funny people about video games. When I was a kid, it was Grand Theft Auto. There's Sinclair ZX Spectrum. We talk about the games people remember from when they were kids and what they're playing now. Guitar Hero. The Last of Us 2. Combat on the Atari 2600. No, I love Pokemon. Anyway, find us anywhere you get your podcasts. Extra Life. Gary on my wayward club. And when you're doing a four-hour commute, that's really shaving off your shit-out time. Yeah. And your music playing time as well, I thought. Did you get well, anything, yeah. manage to get anything done in I that I don't time? think we got much done. And, you know, I think I was uh, pretty useless because every every bit of time off was just recuperating. As it got closer to Christmas, because this was November that I, that I started, I was just thinking, like, I don't know. I just can't, I can't physically do this. I'm just getting iller and iller. Every day that you're ill... That's that's a strike against your name. It's like three strikes and you're out. You just can't be ill. You can't be ill four times. You can't be ill four times. Yeah. yeah. Fucking hell. Cram club. How many pissed off Scotsmen did you see? Quite a lot, to be honest. The the people that were managing it were sort of like local people from Dunfermline. Everyone else was like extra staff that they'd like recruited in via these human resources companies. One was Transline, one was PMP. And, um, you know, we were just just constantly being <laughs> shouted at and just told to go faster by these guys because we just, just started the job. It feels like the whole business model is just bring people in, work them until they can't work anymore, and then bring a new set of people in. And I think that suits them down to the ground, really, because they don't want to give you the full workers' rights that you get after work, you know, working for a certain amount of time. Like they want you to just be temp stuff. People were just getting sacked after they'd worked there a certain amount of time. How long did you work there for? I worked there until the week before Christmas, and I was just like, I can't fucking do this anymore. Yeah, I was not never thinking, oh, I want to work here full-time or... Or anything like that. Yeah, so it kind of suits with you as well. You're like, well, yeah. good because I don't want to fucking be anywhere. Yeah, anymore. exactly, exactly. I've read stuff. I should probably have done a bit of fucking research on this before, before you came over. But yeah, me too. I've read stuff like about how the job centre is literally just a fucking factory line for workers for Amazon, and then they fuck them off and they go back to the job centre again. And I guess if you're not really looking to be uh, jobless for long or, or like if you if you didn't really want to work out of Amazon in the first place then it kind of suits you as well to get fucked off after a certain period of time but at the end of the day 
that's not how job centres are meant to fucking work, is it? You're meant to find someone gainful employment for a long period of time. And for that reason, it's a kind of disservice to the general public and the idea of job centres as a whole. But I suppose, from your point of view and probably a great many others, you didn't really give a fuck too much that you that you were fucked off after... Well, you, well, you packed it in, I guess. You weren't fucked off, you packed it in. But was, was there other people packing it in as well? Well, there were people that wanted to pack it in, but... You know, they had dependents and stuff like that. There was this one guy that was chatting to me and I was like, oh, dude, I don't think I can do this anymore. And he was like, yeah, I'm I'm the same. I'm, I'm an absolute mess. He was doing some really physical work, like running around, um, fixing problems and stuff. And he he was just like, I can't pack this in because I've got to get, like, Christmas presents for my, my kids and stuff like that. Like, I've got to support my family and stuff, but this is not a job that I'm able to do. I can't travel from Glasgow to Edinburgh, work an 11-hour shift in the middle of the night and then come home uh, and, and get on as normal. It's not normal. Just labour being sold to Amazon every every fucking Christmas. And I don't know when else they're doing it. You know, I, I, I'm sure that they'll be trying to get extra staff in now for coronavirus because people are going, you know, Amazon's going mental. And now they're inflicting it on their permanent workers as well that aren't just, you know, aren't just agency workers. Now, I think people might be starting to organise a little bit. Crime. There's this terrifying leaked video for Amazon... Um, managers and staff which basically just like shows you how to spot early signs of unionization how to come down hard on it really they're like we're not anti-union but we're not pro-union either (laughs) (laughs) and we're totally allowed to say that it's we're well within our rights to say it's like Oh, is this on the video you're watching some fucking smarmy yank tell you that they don't <laughs> it, was, it wasn't for my training video I, was, I saw it online and I was like I was oh, leaked right, yeah. classic fucking hell did you see any pregnant women giving birth and then returning to work that did happen in the Amazon warehouse apparently oh really yeah fucking hell my favourite job was when you got to pick uh, and stow which is basically like picking up items and putting them away in these little boxes which just sort of like fill the entire FC the way that it works is you know that an algorithm just tells you which is the most like the most convenient place for it to be put into these boxes so these boxes and like huge aisles and stuff are not sorted by like any human category like they just they just smash together randomly is it kind of like a Tetris game is it how to make best use of the space yeah exactly yeah so you'd find boxes and stuff with like children's books in it next to like 40 cock rings and things like that there was a monster hulk dildo that people people were sort of moving around and sticking onto shit it was it was just funny to see like oh so it sounds like people were actually having a laugh in that gig i think you have to find ways to have a laugh basically yeah and if someone's got a big hulk monster dildo then that's a sure way to do it crime 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 I managed to convince my other bandmate Dave to join. I actually found out he was being paid more than me because he was work because they were more desperate for staff at one point. So he was doing the same job and they just like. Well, it's like an extra quid of an hour, though. Yeah, something like that. 
And um, and what about these? How much were they taking out of your pay packet for the for the coach fare? I can't remember. But was it, it enough was significant? To be yeah, really? definitely, definitely. Yeah, we're talking. Do you reckon it was verging on? But it was cost you more than fifty quid a week. I believe it was a tenner a day. A tenner a day, so that is forty quid a week, and if you're doing four shifts, mm-hmm. and that's a tenner a day there and back. Yeah, that's an hour. Yeah. So, you, so you're working fucking fourteen hours, and then you get having one of those shorts off just to get to the fucking exactly. Absolute piss take. So did you message him say, "Could you remind me some shit?" Yeah, I just I messaged him and said, "Like, do you remember some of the some of the stuff that you saw?" And he said that his job was to um, count up the stock and make sure the numbers were right in each box, and. Uh, one of the boxes that he came across had like 40 copies of this children's book, I'll Love You Forever, I'll Love You For Always, alongside 100 vibrating cock rings. Fuck's sake. The whole experience for me was extremely like alienating. I felt like I could have hacked a lot more if I was able to just bring some headphones in and listen to some music whilst I did it. But it was just deadly silence and just whirring machines. And I was standing, and you're not allowed to sit down, standing for the whole 11 hours on my own, packing these boxes. And I found that to just be really fucking, just a horrible experience. I think the only way that I could get through it was just like, go to the break room and just like drink as much coffee as I could until I actually became like just wired. And then that, that would sort of, like, get me through. Yeah. And just, like, extremely patronising, the whole thing. There was this little break room, which they sort of, like, made out to be, like, tea in the park. They just, like, plastered all crowd around the room, like, wallpaper of crowd. And you were supposed to feel like maybe you were at tea in the park. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, within this monster warehouse of everyone, just with these grim looks on their face, it, it, it was quite... Felt very ironic. Everything they tried to do to make it more bearable was just made it more unbearable. <laughs> At Christmas for a treat, they had someone come round with like sort of like little DJ decks like on wheels, and we were treated to about like ten minutes of sort of like terrible club remixes before we moved on to another section of the, the FC, and that was supposed to be a nice little treat for us. Ten minutes of your fourteen-hour Christmas shift, and actually. I, I loved it. Yeah, probably because yeah. I was desperate for just like anything other than just packing these boxes in silence. Mm. So, did they ever tell you why you couldn't bring headphones in? Because surely that for the well-being of their workers, maybe it's a technique to get them out quicker. The reason they don't let you bring stuff in, you know, as far as they're concerned, is they sell everything. You could have switched something out. You could be uh, stealing stuff, and there were people that were trying to like go out to the break room and stuff and there was a tiny bit of outside section and just like chuck things over the wall and try and collect them later oh did you see that happening yeah someone got fired for that oh really did you see him getting fired for it my mate saw this guy just kicking off and um, he got fired but still had to wait for his coach and he was just causing mayhem he'd gone to the shops and just like got loads of beers so he was just like drinking cans and going fucking wild he was kicking off that's and, and there was nothing they could really do I, I think in the end they might have called him a cab all the, <laughs> all the way back to Glasgow you, well, you can't do an excellent Scottish accent so maybe just think of an excuse to, uh, to do some of that did you make any best friends forever any, any, like, any big mates you make there was, I guess it's kind of impossible if you can't talk it was difficult to make friends when you were there because they would frequently post you onto different areas switch you up and move you to a different section 
and that was basically like going to a different town because it was just so massive so it was pretty difficult to like make friends but yeah there were some really nice guys there everyone was just like trying to crack on and get on with it there were some people that just couldn't hack it though this fat bloke he just on his knees like after every shift and just sweating because like he just couldn't hack it and he was like I've just got to do this man I just fucking I need to buy you fucking Christmas presents for my weens and I'm just like I was like oh this is dire this is just fucking bleak as fuck there was a lot of that quite enjoyed the the east coast accents of all of the uh, of the sort of like managers and stuff they were like here me see if you've got a problem switch your hand on eh you're not going fast enough you're needing to hurry up I was just like Fucking hell, what is this? That is a funky accent, isn't it? It's got a bit of a kind of crip to it. Yeah, it's a strange one. I like it though. Crime Club. That's that then. Big up Anton. Hit the link in the description for more Crime Club content. We'll be concluding the series next week with a third instalment of Rickshaw Seamus's portrait. For the last time, here's John Holmes to explain Crime Club's back door. Step lightly, stay safe as fuck. There are notable chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis, the Martian Chronicles by Ray Bradbury, the Chronicles of Riddick, that terrible 2004 film starring poor man's actor Vin Diesel. But to add to all of this, now come the Chronicles of Tarquin, Volume 4, with Jack Beaumont. Want some of it, do you? Well, it'll be on Patreon. You know, that thing every other sod does these days. It'll be on there from Monday the 1st of February 2021. Sign up, chuck Jack three quid to spend on heroin or whatever he does, and it'll be yours. What's more, at the end of each series of Crime Club going forward, there'll be an extra long bonus ep for Patreon Patreon types. Again, just three quid. And because Jack Beaumont is A, lazy, and B, work shy, that'll only be two series a year max so that's just six quid a year do you want to slip into crime club's back door for six quid of course you do link is in the show description or google crime club backdoor patreon patreon as c.s lewis himself wrote in the lion the witch and the wardrobe his allegory of christianity get some of that in your ears aslan you cut now it's time for us all to decide who we are we fight for the right to listen to Crime Club now. Have you asked of yourself what's the price you might pay? Would you prefer your tank top in black, blue or grey? The wrongings of the world grow wronger day by day. Crime, a truly awful act. Club, a place for boys and girls. Crime, confess your sins to Jack. Club, he'll show them to the world. Great pig. Hello, 
my name is Pete Ellison. This is Dave Cribb. Hello, and we do a podcast called Friends with Friends, as you might have guessed from the music that's playing underneath, uh, which is a sort of lo-fi rendition of the Friends theme tune for rights reasons. We get a different guest on every week on our podcast to talk about their favourite episode of Friends. And we look through it in excruciating detail. We pick through levels of plots like no one has ever done before. So if you like Friends or just listening to people talking, which are both valid activities, do look us up on the old podcast apps and that. Friends with Friends. And we're on Twitter at FriendsWF. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.